0: you're singing that and i i actually had a different musical experience in mind because somebody
1: how can you talk about lighting a candle and not think about rent
2: uh uh, many ways hold on i can help you here uh i have some experience in this apartment uh i don't know the songs from rent uh and i have lit candles so i would probably be thinking about different candle experiences such as like no no
1: no but do you know about a music do you have musicals that you think about when lighting well no i i didn't mean an actual musical theater thing
0: oh um i actually was going to open the show talking about somebody parking their car on my street for several minutes Blasting Annie Lennox out the windows oh, okay. tonight, and I was like, "That is not what I was expecting. I was not expecting to be walking on, walking on broken glass tonight." Yeah. Okay, but I was, and I was here for it, man. I was enjoying it more than yeah, I she's thought. Great, she is.
1: That Adam, it's a great I song. Know, I don't know if you, if I don't know if you, if you know, there are these things. They have magnets inside of them. They usually have like a, a cloth cover on the front, and they can project. Audiophonic sound I believe just, the like, car connect. this
0: had that technology and I, does your house have this technology? It does, but my house also doesn 't randomly play songs i haven 't thought about in a long time. most Why of the not time. because I have two young kids who are never stop talking. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Even when they're dr- watching
0: a show they love, you, they're obsessed Adam, with Into the Spider-Verse Adam. right now, and they will not stop talking through it. Just it's drown remarkable. them
1: out. Just drown them out with
0: Annie Lennox. I mean, that might be my my next go-to. It's just yeah, not just something like, I had thought of before.
2: Maybe your next uh, the de- next day you're in charge of the the learning pod. Uh, the lesson for the day, instead of whatever it is that the school wants to teach, is all about Annie Lennox, Eurythmics, uh, 80s synth music in general. Um
1: I mean yeah, if a full if unit our,
2: on that sounds important to me. If
1: our American yeah. <laughs> schools do not have a full unit on rhythmics, then throw hey, all the schools in the
0: trash. Somebody at my day job recently recommended a like six hundred page tome on the the new romantics in London during the late seventies and early eighties. So like there's our textbook right there. Yeah. We're set. This is this is obviously a first grade curriculum, so we're we're there. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United and God knows what podcast. Eurythmics. I'm Adam Taylor. Our guest
2: tonight yeah. is Annie Lennox.
0: <laughs> Man,
1: would isn't that rock? <laughs> Total
0: coincidence. <laughs> it turns out she's a huge soccer fan. Uh oh,
1: that'd be so I don't we don't even need to talk about soccer with her. If we could just get her at all, I'd just be like, yes. Hey, we're gonna but...
0: make this happen. This is this is a new filibuster <laughs> goal. Hashtag filibuster goal. Andy Lennox on the podcast.
1: Before or after Marge herderberger
0: That's not That's her. name. Not, but I got, I got close. Yeah. Why not have them at the same time? We're, yeah. we're, go big or go home. <laughs> uh Anyway, I'm Adam Taylor. Joined I think you're by. Short circuited, Adam. At the end.
2: <laughs> I think he was going to say broken. something else, and
0: he's like, ah. Uh, ah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh... Something. Something. Marge. These two are Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson, I think. I don't know. Time changes. Uh, We're all from blackandredunited.com. We talk about DC United. We're talking about that in the first segment. In the second segment, we will talk about the MLS Cup playoffs, which, in a word, is chaos, and we are going to enjoy it. It it lit, fam. It is super lit. Uh, That's actually what I was doing when the kids were talking through a movie. Uh, This weekend, I just had on my phone with the volume, relatively quiet, watching MLS Cup playoffs, just like randomly blurting out, oh my God, and ah, and things like that that had nothing to do with the movie. So my kids were confused. It was perfect. Um, Before we talk about anything else, though, Jason, what are you drinking?
2: Uh, Earlier this evening, uh, I went out to get a couple uh, couple odds and ends from the store, and then I walked across the parking lot to buy some beers uh, because I was at the liquor store that sells the 15 pack of devil's backbone vienna lager for $15 uh love it which if you're a craft brewing company like you got to start competing with that because that's like the best deal i i think in my entire area um in terms of quality and price so that's what i'm drinking uh vienna lager excellent beer
1: yeah they're unfortunately able to do that because they got bought by anheuser-busch sure but their beer their bills their beer still is very good. And yeah, going yeah. to their brewery in uh Nelson County, Virginia is still a great time. So I, I, I hold no shade towards them for being bought out. It's still a great time and a great beer.
0: It is. There was a I can't remember who made it, but it was I think it was called Pub Beer. Um, and they sold it was the same thing like a 15 pack of 12 ounce cans for 15 dollars and they had it here and the cans were just white with black block lettering like yes. in the health textbooks when you were I a kid yeah, yeah and it was a re- it was a remarkably nice lager. it was really yeah. good and they were like this is what our brewmaster made for himself when he had nothing else to do and everyone in the pub or in the in our brewery started drinking it so we started making it and selling it and everyone liked it so here you go um, it was really great and. My local store stopped selling it and it made me sad because that was a nice, nice lager. Uh, I'm not drinking beer tonight. I am. Uh, Thanksgivings are synonymous with old fashions in our house now. So I made a mezcal old fashioned. Um, some Peychaud's bitters and uh, some citrus and spice syrup that I found in the fridge. left over from something earlier. So it is it is a nice little beverage. Nice. So ben, what are you drinking?
1: So, now that we are in the holiday season, I am drinking the Bromley Family Holiday Beverage, uh, which I'll probably be having a number of times between now and 2021. Uh, so, for the the rest of this year, I might be having this at any, at any point. Uh, it's named after my grandfather, who I never met, uh, Lumen Bromley, because um, he created it. It is seven up not sprite but you can sub sprite if you must um grenadine a maraschino cherry and vodka and we call it the lumen it is the bromley holiday season drink and so that is what i am drinking from now until the end of the holiday season
2: how is the what's the family opinion on uh if things get desperate and you have to go to like a sierra mist for example
1: no no no, no acceptable no. okay that makes sprite. sense i have sprite no pepsi like, coke it's yeah. gotta be seven up right if, it's, if if you have to sub sprite that's acceptable but nothing else no sierra mist no.
0: right uh-uh. okay not like that makes sense, squirt What are you even
1: talking about? That's like having mellow yellow in it. What are you talking about?
0: (laughs) I just wanted to break Ben with a, 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 I assume discontinued uh, soda from our childhood. My aunt loved Squirt. Like she was the only person. I knew in the world that bought Squirt and she always had it on hand at her house. It was like my grandmother who always had tab. No one else ever drank tab, just my grandmother. And
1: now no one will because they're discontinuing tab.
0: It's true. I was going to drop that knowledge and you already had it. So yeah, it looks like
2: Squirt still has a functioning website. So I think it is out there, but Squirt's a grapefruit soda. Oh, so it's a fresca. It's like a
0: sweeter fresca so that's that's
1: bad with, too we're
2: talking without about the aspartame right and fresca doesn't up. have real sugar yeah fresca sucks because yeah. yeah when i was when i was a kid they brought fresca back um i remember yeah they, they had it at wendy's for a time we're, we're,
1: we're all about the same age we all remember when fresca came back
2: i, I don't know exactly i don't exactly remember when it might have been in my mind it was one of those things that maybe you guys were a little too young to remember No, like, my,
1: my, no. Mom, okay. my mom
0: yes, loves it. my mom my mom was excited about fresca okay
2: See, I had, to, it was all over the, 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 and this is great for our listeners who love this sort of material. Um, it was all over, like, it was on TV being advertised. And I was like, what on earth is this? My parents were like, don't worry about it. And I was like, hold on a second. I got to know now. You got to tell me what's going on. And they were like, it's grapefruit soda. You don't enjoy grapefruit. You don't get to drink soda. It's full of fake sugar. You're not going to have it. You can't buy it because you're too young. So you don't have to worry about it. And I was like, oh, well, that's. All of those things check out, yes. Uh and so I stopped worrying about it. But they if they had just said that up front, I wouldn't have been like, Hold on, we need to have this fresca (laughs) call.
0: Well, DC United are in their off season now. Um and also in the final the
1: fresca talk.
0: They are (laughs) every every family has to have the fresca talk. Uh Jason's not the only one. And at DC United it's happening now. Um Because they like to think of themselves as a family, and so they go, I don't know. Uh, They are in what could be the final week or two of their first coaching search in a decade. So in this segment, we're going to talk through some of the reported finalists and what we know about them, what we think about them, and what we grossly speculate about them. Uh, First, though, we have some actual news. DC United has signed a homegrown player, the 15th in their history. Jacob Green, 17-year-old fullback who had previously committed to the university of Maryland instead is signing for DC United. Um, I can't say that I've seen him play, but I'm excited that they're signing another 17 year old, another teenage homegrown player uh, at this stage in his career. Um, that's, ex- that's good. And fullback is a position of need as I'm sure Ben will go into now.
1: Yeah. I'm about to You just <laughs> trampled on me. Fullback. How does Mike- it feel? You trample on us all the time, too. Um, Fullback was a need all this year, and it's good to see them addressing it. And it's good to see them addressing it through homegrown players. And it is a little interesting for a team, a a front office to be signing players without a head coach. But uh, I think getting more homegrown players on the roster is always good. And uh, he'll take a while to develop. Uh, because most homegrown players do. So it probably won't make that much of a difference. But yeah, always good to see more homegrown players. And we the team needed more fullbacks this year and is probably going to continue to need more fullbacks because it's one of the hardest positions to find players in throughout world football.
2: Yeah, and I mean, D.C. is still a team that until they complete their signing would be entering the offseason uh, with three actual fullbacks like everyone else that might play those roles are guys filling in playing out of position. So, yeah, give um,
1: me a 17-year-old rather than Russell Canals.
2: And yeah, cuz this allows Russell Canals to go where he belongs, where he's at his best, where the team has well, been at his, as its best when he's playing there,
0: assuming um, we have enough healthy center backs.
2: Yeah, well, Adam. <laughs> another lesson from this year, don't enter the season with just six defenders. Um, yeah, and this is a step towards that certainly. Um, and you know, watching Loudon uh, Green doesn't play like a seventeen-year-old, um, and that's not to say he's the finished product um, or that he's ready to step in. I, I I would expect him to not quite be as far along on the path as the teenagers that are already on the team. Um, but I do think that you sign him now; um, you, he's going to play a lot at Loudon. He'd been a starter uh, for Ryan Martin whenever uh, available. Um, comfortable right back left back it's you know, one of those situations where it's not even entirely clear where he's more comfortable which is a positive um, rather than having a player that has to be on one side and you move them over to the other for an emergency and you immediately see why they don't play over there like um,
1: O'Neill Fisher or even Joseph Mora.
2: I was thinking more Mora because Fisher has played enough left back where it's like you know he can he he's fine over there. Um, in 2018 there was even a stretch where he seemed better over there, which was a little weird, a little almost like a Chris Corb kind of situation right. where, despite being right footed, he sometimes looked better over there. But, um, but yeah, definitely Mora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, this is why Loudon exists is for a player in Green's position, um, having this clear clear-cut you know, course where his options are better now because yes he was going to sign at Maryland and I'm not bringing it up because of my bias but like this is one of the premier college soccer institutions in the country uh, for men's players and it's still college soccer you still got uncertainty due to COVID um, surrounding college soccer in general Um, And you've also got the fact that their schedule is basically an extremely intensely compressed 20 games in three months of the year or four months. If you go far in the tournament, Um, that's not a great way to develop. Um, Having a year round schedule training with the first team playing real games in USL, um, which he's done now. He's, he's got two years of, I think in 2019, it was a little more scattered, but, or yeah, 2018. Did he get a no, twenty eighteen. I don't know what I'm talking at. Time again, as we yeah. established earlier, not real. Uh, it's a fiction. But um,
1: wibbly wobbly, timey wimey.
2: Right. Uh, exactly. So thank you, you David Tennant. This past year, he showed that he can be a, one of the better defensive players for Loudon. Um, already, and so now that this is that next step, where um, I would look for next year for him to be really establishing himself as a full time starter for them. And if DC needs to call on him, he'll be ready. You know, the open cup will be back. Um, that's an opportunity to get him provided he's earning them, um, uh, minutes. Um, so yeah, I don't know that it's a situation where it's like with Moses Nyman where I'm like pounding on the table saying next year, you have to get him a thousand minutes. Um, but maybe, you know, in a couple of years, it might be that situation. Um, and that's still, that's still, we're talking a couple of years from now, he's a 19 year old. Um, we're not talking about a guy who's college eight you know, like a college first round draft pick coming out at 22. Um, so this is, this is what, and this is how it's supposed to work. So it's, right. to me, it's a big positive.
1: Yeah. And it, it, like you were just saying, it's, it's great to be getting these players at 16, 17, 18, instead of 22, 23, because like players like Chris Korb and Steven Birnbaum, who were uh, solid to very good MLS players, came out at twenty three and that's a significant short, shortening of their career and they They were trained by a good very good college programs, but it's still not the same as getting trained by a loud United and training with uh d c united 's first team and being able to uh get players into the pipeline four, five even more years earlier. Is a significant advantage.
0: Yeah, and even you—you you still get homegrown players. There are some players who are still going to need the the college years to fully sure. develop. Like I don't know how Donovan Pines would have done as a teenager. He was probably still growing at a ridiculous rate and figuring out his body at that point, and might not have done as well as he has. Um, which is not to say he's been perfect, but he's he's obviously shown a lot of promise and a lot of uh, a lot of things to build on. So. I don't know if that would have been the case or not had he come out earlier. There are some players who do need that extra time. Um, And so it's good that college is there. It's good that Loudon is there so that if it takes them longer after they sign that homegrown deal, they, it's not up or out immediately. They have, they have a runway to, to develop, which is good. Uh, A lot of how these players are going to develop will come down to DC United's next coach. (laughs) Um, And we, we have some names that are, that, are reportedly onto the final stage of the process. Um, I, I guess just to, to give a little bit of structure to this, Jason, who is your favorite among the reported candidates and why is it Gonzalo Pineda? <laughs> uh,
2: I don't know if I, 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 mean, there is a part of me that is still very into the idea of Clarence zadorf, and we don't know if he's off the list of finalists or not. We just know he's a name that was floated. Um, and also, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I mean, things didn't go well when he was coaching Cameroon. Uh, Deportivo La Coruña got relegated there, so I don't know if that's his fault or if they're a train wreck. I don't know. Um, but no, Pineda... Um, Paneda is the tactical brain at Seattle, and Seattle keeps going to MLS Cup. Um, and it's yep. not just because they make... I mean, a lot of it is good signings. I mean, they've hit on two of the best designated players in the league uh, with um, Lodero and Ruiz Diaz. Uh, Jordan Morris as a homegrown has turned into one of the best players in the league. Um, They consistently managed to get not just that level of player, but also the TAM signings they bring in like uh, Gustav Svensson or um, before he left uh, Kim Kihei was, was an excellent center back. Um, This has been kind of just an ongoing thing. Like, Seattle kind of plays the same way broadly speaking every every single season that Schmetzer has been in charge Um, and yet everyone knows kind of what you're going to get out of Seattle and yet no one can beat them consistently like they just don't get bad Um, and a lot of that has to do with game planning for specific opponents you know how do you take the plan and alter it for Colorado or alter it for this game against Columbus or whatever Um, and that's where he's come in and done really well and I know when that name popped up in the post and I, you know, I tweeted something about it being, you know, a, a pretty good side, or no, actually that was a uh, Pablo uh, Maurer that reported that one specifically, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but once that came up um, and I tweeted, you know, this, this is a, a really interesting move. We're talking about um, a Mexican international uh, who played most of his career in Liga MX, So he's got a network that DC United has never really had access to in the past. Um you know not not that they can't call a team from Mexico obviously Edison Flores came here from uh Morelia um but it's a different thing from being like cold calling someone and making an introduction for being like hey guys it's me Gonzalo Pineda um your your friend from the past that we we played alongside each other or whatever um that's a big I'm difference I'm your kid's godfather <laughs> yeah um and one thing that happened with um a few different people that follow the Sounders, either sent me a DM or sent me a comment or whatever. And they were like, oh, it would kill me if Seattle didn't keep a hold of him. Um, And they're like, a, it's like across the board. There's just a universal, extremely high respect for Pineda, not just because he finished his career there and played well while he was there, but also um, there's a, there's a knowledge there that he is a huge part of, he's not just an assistant coach. He's a huge part of what they do. And I've even heard offhand that, one of the issues with Brian Schmetzer not being re-signed in Seattle is in part him trying to urge the Sounders to raise Pineda's pay to keep him on the staff. Um, like that's, it's that much of a sticking point um, that he is not even going to sign his deal unless Pineda is kept around as well. Um, so that says a lot. Like that's not just a, I like the guy thing. That's a, like this is like a fundamental part of our coaching staff. Um and he's also he's on the on the younger side. On top of all that stuff, we're talking about someone and that's only 42, 43. Okay, um, forty two, forty three. Maybe not. Yeah, he might not even be forty yet. Um, he's younger uh, as, as a coach, and um, the combination of his experience that he's he's got I was right. 38. Age, 38. So he's he's my age. He's Jason um, Anderson age. Right. He probably feels a little better. He's probably in better shape. Um, so good for him. But no, uh, it it's a it's an exciting it's an exciting possibility, but it's all, I will temper that, but just by saying that this is a lot of hearsay, like we don't actually know what a, a Pineda coach team looks like because we haven't seen him actually in charge of a team. So there is that.
1: Yeah. yeah but they're not, they're not looking at anybody really who has uh, been in charge of a team. So I would rather take the, the lead assistant on the Seattle Sounders than uh some of the other assistants that they've been uh interested in I, the only other one that i'm maybe okay with is pat noonan because he's been a lead assistant on another uh excellent team the, the with, with the uh philadelphia union winning the supporter's shield this year but uh, i am still i'm still for Pineda. i, I am sa- i am sad that the initial rumors of potential uh uh south american coaches seems to have uh being in the mix seems to have fizzled out i i, I don't know if that's just timing if it's money if it's not the right fit but if it's uh, or if it's covid or if there's like another like sometimes these things just like go real dark and then it just pops up at the end so who knows if it's going to happen that way but
0: i mean that's the way uh, atlanta united's doing it right they they've been right. next to no names floated for Atlanta United, it's just been total radio silence. It's been right, frankly much bizarre, the,
2: much to the frustration of the guys at Dirty South Soccer. Yes, right. but, but, but I, I are, are full on courting Matias Almeida at this point. Yes, they, like they're and I'm trying, for it. We're trying to hire him without Atlanta United. And I'm, I'm getting not up. for it. Do You don't want them to be good. No, they might they, not be good so,
0: though. Yeah, they might That's not the be. Like it, an Almeida coach team might be great, or they might be terrible. See, um, here's the thing what I'm thinking is what group of writers do I most want to see handle utter chaos on the regular and who would I enjoy see dealing with that? And I'm thinking Rob and I'm thinking Sam and the everyone else at, at dirty South soccer, they're going to do so great with that chaos. It's going to be so much fun. And if we have Gonzalo Pineda, if we have Gonzalo Pineda, he knows how to beat San Jose right now. He's beaten Uh, (laughs) Matias Almeida. How about yeah, we just give
1: true. him how about we just give Atlanta Curtinolfo? That's not chaos, that's just
0: a series he's, of bad calls yeah, over and over again. He's not ours to give either. <laughs> I don't know who's isn't he is. Isn't he? Hasn't
1: he, know, we... Hasn't he done enough? Hasn't
0: he done enough? At long at last. Uh, exactly. My, well, my let issue me... with was... Go ahead. Just
1: just just finishing off what I was saying before I was derailed about Atlanta, apparently, um, is just circling back that I hope there are more rumors or if it doesn't happen, there's like a deconstruction after the fact that they made a, a real effort to get somebody from South America and it just didn't work out. I I like, I hope their sites are higher than MLS assistant coaches because this team deserves to have its sites higher than MLS assistant coaches. And I hope they're able to get, closer than just initial talks that we've seen so far with with uh people from europe or people from south america
0: right we know they've um they well we don't know we've seen it reported that they did reach out to david wagner who is intent on staying in europe for right now at least um exploring opportunities there um another name from europe the the manager at bournemouth whose name is escaping me right now uh yeah how how is it escaping me i don't know geez. Uh, know how they, they called him up, um, also plans to stay over there, which makes there perfect were, sense.
1: And there were rumors about Steve Sharundalo,
0: yeah, Steve Sharundalo. Yeah. Um, oh, coaching in him in the last, um, the last update. He was on, I, mean, I, love, I, love, I
1: love Steve Sharundalo, so if, if that is a possibility, just straight into
0: my veins, I love it. He's coaching in the second Bundesliga right now. I want to say, uh, um, I'm not sure, um, I, I'm not sure, that's that's my recollection. Um, don't know much about his coaching style or philosophy or anything like that. Um, not being a, a connoisseur of the second Bundesliga or wherever he's coaching.
2: But, but he has been, he's, uh, currently according to Wikipedia, at least currently the, uh, assistant coach for the Germany U 15 national team. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um,
1: which is pretty good still. And yeah,
2: the thing I'll throw in with Toronto is that, um, because he's not a big guy and was never the fastest. Uh, he always had to be like the smartest player of his American men's generation. Um, and that go, that tends to lend itself to being a coach more than being outlandishly talented. Like this is a problem that Thierry Henry has run into a few times now where he's like, why can't you just do it? Uh, and they're right. like, well, I'm you're like, Oh, you know, generational talent.
1: And I'm not quite as good. Um, Go ahead, Ben. Can I I have two Steve Chirundolo points since we're talking about Steve Chirundolo? Go ahead. First, my favorite USMNT player of the 2006 and 2010 World Cups. Just love me a Steve Chirundolo. Second, if he doesn't get injured in that 2011 Gold Cup, maybe they win it. And maybe Bob Bradley doesn't lose his job. Maybe.
0: Oh, he was always going to lose his job. At some point, not quickly. If, not if he had won. The, not if he
1: had won the gold cup.
0: Gulati was trying to get rid of him at that point. Know, he wanted. He, he won, wanted he had, so bad.
1: I know, I know, but if he, if Bob Bradley had won that gold cup, there's no way you could have fired Bob Bradley. And Steve Trundleau gets injured, and then Mexico scores what three, four after four. Uh, the U.S. was up 2-0? Yeah. yeah, four. Yeah. Anyways, I love Steve Trundolo and I would love him to coach DC United.
0: I'm still leaning towards Pineda. I, I like the, the tactical side, um, a coach who can bring that and who has also played at a really high level um, with the Mexican national team and uh, throughout Liga McKees. Um I think I saw reported that uh, Unam Pumas approached him and he actually turned down their head coaching job recently, like in the last yeah. year. Um, not, not like in the last few months, but a year ago or so um, yeah. because he, he wasn't at a place to, to take that particular job. But I think the fact that he's interviewing for this one means that he's interested in a head coaching job. Uh, And I think he, he makes a lot of sense. Um, Pat Noonan also could make sense. I don't know anything about what his role at Philadelphia is with, with Pineda. We have some idea what his role is, um, but I have no idea what Noonan is doing with.
2: My understanding is that Noonan's role is uh, broadly similar, maybe not as specifically, um, like chief tactician, uh, maybe not. Um, but he has been through, I think, every single one of the USSF coaching courses to get the pro license, all that stuff. Um, I know that's something he's been going for for quite a while. Uh, even going back to when he was, um, uh, working with Bruce Arena at the Galaxy, he was the The coach there that kept popping up as like who else was taking this a license course with uh, such and such and it's like oh Pat Noonan's in there Um, and he also has
1: uh, national team experience
2: yeah right Um, so you know he's someone that has obviously got the coaching bug he's not just like I guess I'll coach I don't know Um, because going through the coaching licensing process is a pain in the ass and he's going through it anyway so he must actually really care Um, so that's an interesting one I, I don't know that much about his coaching style or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I'm a little leery with, it's not so much a knock on Philadelphia cause they're obviously doing a lot right, right now, but like how much of their success is coaching and how much of it is having a technical director say, this is how we're going to do things. You have to figure out how we're doing it. Um, because at DC it's probably not going to be like that. It's going to be a coach who has to, th- right. who has to think of those things himself or herself. Um, and it, it, in the same line, you know, Ezra Hendrickson has come up repeatedly. Um, I don't know what his role we're, is with Columbus. I haven't yeah. heard much about him other than that he's been there. He's been coaching for a while. Um, and
1: I, he, yeah. I think we're better than Ezra. Uh,
2: I, I don't think we are. I think that's a band. We're a podcast. Uh, this is filibuster.
1: I mean, as, as our podcast said, like eight. Years ago, we're better than better than Ezra. So I think by the transitive property, we're also
0: better than Ezra. But are we good?
1: We didn't, this is not, that's not part of this ad. <laughs> I'm just saying we're better than better than Ezra. And therefore better than Ezra. I, I, I think and, that- I, and, and by saying that, I just mean there are better candidates than sure. uh, Ezra Hendrickson that I hope they sign.
2: I mean I guess that's that's that may bring maybe brings me to the the main point I want to make is that a lot of this is us sort of looking at very little information and I don't just mean us on the show I mean as a fan base um there is not a lot to go on uh, on of the coaches that are being named out here um because a lot of them have been assistants for a long time um or a lot of some of them do not have any MLS experience for example so Um, we're kind of trying to read the tea leaves. Um, and so I just, I guess what I'm saying is like, as a fan base, it's important to, you know, not necessarily get too caught up on one coach because realistically you don't really know very much. There's like, no, none of us really, we're, we're all guessing here, you know, the Pineda thing, it's all circumstantial. Um, not that this is a, you know, this podcast famously cannot dispense legal advice. Um, but you know, we've got a, a pretty thin circumstantial case uh, one way or another, you know, we could be wrong. Like it could be that uh, Jill Ellis has the very best plan for DC United. It could be that Pat Noonan has it. Um, we don't know. Um, and I just, I would have hoped for a pool, a short list that had more names that would be obviously uh, a bigger spending point, um, which is to say, you know, such and such is coaching at, Insert club in Argentina or in Liga MX. Um, I would like to have heard that at some point, and maybe we still will.
0: Um, so
1: you you just want Gallardo? I mean, if I they didn't know. at least call
0: know. him, I would reach out because you know he's he's right. been at River for for a while. Co- I'm sure I he's mean, looking for a new adventure. There. But
2: the problem there is that he is aiming higher than MLS. Yeah, yes.
0: um, and uh, I, but you, I'm you just make the call. That... It doesn't hurt to make the call. Yeah,
1: I'm just I'm just joking about player Gallardo versus coaching well no
0: in that case Gallardo would be the guy you get when your first choice falls through and you're panicking and just need to get somebody you know is is pretty good but may not be a good fit and then you know and then he spends two months uh
2: getting a treatment for a back injury at home yes Um, I thought it was a sports hernia I think it was a combination if it was just a vague injury I think back was where it started it was whatever
0: whatever he I mean, needed to say that and, day. And, yeah. and
1: everyone knows that back injury is the most fake injury. Like if you want to if you want to fake an injury, uh back injury is the one to go to. Is it? I <laughs> didn't know this. This this sounds like something you just made up. Because you can't you can't it's harder to diagnose a back injury. You can just be like, oh my back hurts. It sounds
0: like someone who's begged off work because of a back injury to me.
1: <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs>
2: I guess that the last the last thing with this I will say is just that um you know there was the one rumor in there in the middle of all this that was a Steve Goff reported with um Javier Aguirre, um who coached Mexico in the past. He's coached Osasuna I think on I think on like three or four different stints um in Spain. Um but it was basically it sounded a lot like reading between the lines, it was like, well, they called him and had a brief chat and then Aguirre was most likely like, this is how much money I would like. And they were like, thank you for your time. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Right. And I understand, uh, especially coming off of a season where there were no fans in the stand. So you, you there's no revenue. So obviously um, it's a, it's a bigger ask than normal to spend. Uh, but like I said, a few weeks ago at a certain point uh, the, the expenditures on coaching I think they're already showing and they're going to show it's not going to get closer. It's going to get a, the gap is going to get larger. Um And so the teams that are willing to put up for a big money coach now, yeah, you might do in an Atlanta and sign Frank DeBoer and it's a terrible idea from the start. And everyone says, wow, what a bad idea. Um But you still have there's to, there's go always going to be
0: bad fits. There's always going right. to be coaches who are bad fits
2: or it. who are grifters, but right. you you still have to take the risk. You still have to be looking at coaches. it not, if not in that stratosphere, but, like, somewhere closer to it. Um, and How about that? yeah,
1: Leo Messi player catch.
2: I feel like that's a different uh, expenditure level than I think anyone at the club is prepared to uh, undergo. He does seem to want to leave Barcelona. He seems irritated by everyone there. Yeah. I just I don't know if his next step is uh, coming to D.C. Uh, or maybe he's just been or sitting around the for the day yeah I, yeah i can imagine how that's player co-
1: player coach general manager you just take all the money from all of those positions and just give it to leo messi so, leo, leo messi
0: one of my friends who signed league minimum deals just to hang out right yeah. you're, you're imagining dc united as like
2: a loose pickup team where leo messi has the job of like dealing with the league commissioner and like saying like yeah yeah, we have a field that we can play at it's the you know the
0: county rec field number three um, he sends out the group text saying, right. show up guys, at this time. Everyone
2: show up with your white shirt just in case the referee makes us change because we don't know what this other team's colors are. Um, he, he, you're, you're looking for that.
1: Yeah, sounds okay. great.
2: That doesn't sound to me like a thing that Leo Messi is interested in. I feel
0: like he would have an assistant do that.
2: Uh, and That's not fine.
0: His. Pay him enough so that he can pay an assistant. That's fine. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> as long as the group chat is there, we're fine. We're going to end the segment here with, um, I guess on a down note, uh, the athletic reported, uh, Pablo Mauer of the athletic reported, uh, I think it came out today about an intern with NYCFC who was sexually harassed by David Villa. And it's a, it's a well-reported piece. Go read it. Um, like most of what Pablo writes, it's, it's worth the subscription cost to the athletic to, to read it. Um, NYCFC investigated it and and found that a lot of her claims they, they corroborated them. Um, this is not someone making up anything out of whole cloth. Julian Gressel to his credit retweeted the story and, and said that he got a David Villa Jersey. He swapped jerseys with them when they played once and he had had it displayed in his basement and he took it down because of this story and uh, unfortunately, Frederick Briant, center back for DC United, tweeted back saying, this is only one side of the story, you know, don't, don't act rashly, which <laughs> listeners, that is not an okay way to respond to allegations of sexual abuse or sexual harassment. Um, it's not, I know it, it, it might, to your initial instincts that might seem like the fairest approach it's not um especially when you are a public figure saying that publicly it re-traumatizes people who have experienced sexual harassment and and any kind of sexual trauma um don't do that uh if you don't just keep your mouth shut if you're going to say something like that that's the best thing you can do um This was not just one side of the story. This was a well-reported and researched piece. There was an investigation that corroborated uh, several of her claims. This is... Frederick Grant was wrong to tweet that. And I hope he recants and apologizes. Um, And if if he doesn't, I'm going to be extremely disappointed and upset.
1: Yeah, and it's... Being the captain of a team, especially in 2020, doesn't mean a ton, but... Fred Brown was the captain of d c united um i think six times this year, and it just sucks that a captain of d c United makes these kinds of sh- terrible uh statements about someone who has suffered uh sexual harassment from one of the world's most famous players and uh it read it almost reads like he didn't even read the article it almost reads oh, like i'm he sure he didn't. read the Read the headline and then just didn't read anything else because Pablo's story is so well reported, got so many statements from other players at NYCFC from uh, uh, other staff members just across the board that there's no question that it happened and I mean, even given even pushing all of that aside we uh, we i think we I, I can say that we at filibuster believe women and if even if it was just her story we would believe her story but it wasn't just her story so many people corroborated it that it's baffling to me that uh frederick Briant uh said what he said and 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 terribly disappointing and i and, yeah i hope he recants it once he realizes how wrong he is because he's very wrong I hope someone wrong. from the team
0: takes him aside and says listen yeah you messed up here's why Mm -hmm. let's grow from this and and here's where you can go from here um because i don't want to just villainize the guy i want him to learn and grow and be better from this um but what he did sucks
2: yeah and i mean for for the reasons you guys said and also like this is one of the major reasons why people don't come forward yes um that they feel like they're going to get minimized they're going to get you know, oh, you know, we haven't heard this other side. And well, what is the other side going to say in this case? And it's like, no. Um, and then it becomes like, well, that's just as valuable. And it's like, well, no, um, one side is motivated by protecting themselves. And the other side is like, despite my knowledge of how terrible this is probably going to be for me, I'm going to say this in the hopes that it doesn't hurt somebody else. So this doesn't happen to somebody else. Um, because, Via right now is in the ownership group of the, um, Queensboro FC. FC. Yeah, yeah. The USL team. Um, so as a one, as a world soccer superstar and two, as a part owner of that team, he's now setting the culture for an entire organization. Um, and you have to assume that that's an organization. I mean, I would assume they're not going to just hire no women at all. Um, because that's its own problem. You can't do that. Um, so if he's setting the culture for an organization that's going to employ women, are they going to be safe in that organization? Um, with that person leading the leading the way. Um, so yeah, uh it's it's a big letdown. Uh, and I hope that, like you guys said, that he, you know, gets talked to about it and under like really takes that on and understands what he has said and why it is incorrect and why he has to change course. Um, because that is, that is personal growth. And just cause he's a, you know, a veteran player on the team, like, you know, people in their thirties still have plenty of room to grow. So, um, I like, hope that he, like all of us, <laughs> exactly. Um, yep. and I, I hope that he figures it out. Um, I'm glad that, uh, Gressel had the, you know, the willingness to speak about it and not just be yep. like, well, that sucks. And then move on with his day. Cause that's, it's very easy to do that. Um, where you're not even you know bringing any sort of attention to something because he does have a platform um, and his platform is bigger than ours but we're you know now we're using it too for the same kind of mentality which is just if you need to learn from this hopefully you can and if you need the inspiration from this hopefully you can take that uh, as well but yeah uh, the tweet from Briant was definitely not what I wanted to see uh, on my timeline today for sure it was a, it was a big letdown
0: yeah Um, and going beyond dc united nycfc needs to get their house in order because this was a cultural thing within that organization Um, oh yeah the other
1: trainers the the, the head the head trainers were just the head trainer the director of
0: the interns they were one one of them is still there um and they were encouraging this and it it's it's not okay in the 21st century to have a work environment like that
2: (laughs) and there i mean there is a specific example in there where um, they have a meeting and they're like, yeah, we're we're gonna uh, make sure this doesn't happen anymore. And the way they did that was to just not interact with uh, this woman. Uh, like yeah. these are her direct bosses, and they were like, we're just gonna avoid talking to you is how we're gonna solve this one for us. Um, which is not a solution. That is a way to hide. Um, and this is
0: this is where them. HR departments earn their keep. And yes, um, seems things like need this to change didn't... at NYCFC, and yeah. the and organization so they... says that they're going to, but. Uh, not the first time some...
2: has said we're going to change things around here because of a yeah. major problem within the culture of this club um be that in the organization or in the stands um yes. and i don't know i mean it's hard to say what they did on the stand side of things because this year we just didn't there weren't fans so we don't know there weren't um, fans yeah but in 2019 um you know it seemed like it was like, yeah, we shouldn't have these Nazis in the the stands here. That sucks. And it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? And they're like, well, oh, well, you know, uh, it would be nice. if We said we already. shouldn't have them. What more do you want? <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- this is, you know, if MLS, and this kind of reaches a lot of MLS things right now, um, with, uh, the black players for change as well. Like there are plenty of points that MLS has where they have a chance to do some real good. um, or their individual clubs have a chance to do some real good, but you have to actually go do it. And you might have fans who are like, I I hate this. I hate that you're doing this. You're like, well, tough break. Like you don't have to come to the stadium anymore. Um, But that has to be the attitude. It can't be like, how can we thread this needle? You can't do it. It, ha- it has to be real and not like, what's the, what's the way we can say this where no one gets mad at us Um, because in the end, what you're going to end up with is not solving the problem, probably not doing
0: anything. When you're still going to get people mad at you on both sides, if you do something like that, That, that's a way to,
2: um, like you're going to have someone mad at you. You're going to have to deal with that. You might as well choose to do the right thing and have the the worst people involved in this, be the ones that are mad at you. Um, that's the, that's the best option.
0: And that's the takeaway we're going to end the segment on stick around. We'll be right back to talk about the playoffs. This is filibuster. All right. say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to, uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right?
1: Yeah, you called the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights.
0: That's right, and your rights matter, and you deserve to be free from harassment and you deserve to work. the Ehrlich Law office handles workplace discrimination, they do civil rights uh if you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you if you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper and you're dealing with a a non compete clause or or something to, to that effect. If you, uh, if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government, call the Ehrlich Law Office. Uh, if you want a free consultation, tell them we sent you. Go to EhrlichLawOffice.com slash filibuster. Welcome back to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. The 2020 MLS Cup playoffs are officially underway, and what beautiful chaos they are! Oh my goodness, Adam, you guys. Adam,
1: Adam, I'm I'm not sure what you're talking about. I, I I'm I, I'm the season ended when DC United uh, lost to, to to Montreal, right?
0: Unfortunately, the the world does keep spinning, the playoffs keep happening, whether or not DC I, I'm United. Not, not. I'm not.
1: I'm not. I'm not sure they do.
0: Well, in that that case, we won't talk about. Uh, a PK shootout red card we won't talk about illegal substitutions we won't talk oh, about fine, field players in goal and that's just in one game you guys <laughs> it's so this is so much fun um we'll get to that game in in just a second first though the most important aspect of this first round of the playoffs Columbus Crew 3 New York Red Bulls 2 metro playoff failure death in taxes it happens Uh, I would really prefer it if Caden Clark would stop scoring goals for the Red Bulls. That would make, on a long-term basis, that'd make me a little bit happier. But the Metros are out, so things are right with the world as far as that goes. Um, The the game everyone else is talking about, of course, is uh, Orlando City, New York City FC, um, going to penalties and... Somehow. extremely MLS vibes, no rules, just vibes that that is how that, that playoff that especially the PK shootout portion went. Um, we have a play, the the goalie coming off his line by the slimmest of margins, getting a second yellow because of it, because we're using the old rules because right
1: only because of the old rules because yeah. MLS is not on the, the, the regular timeline,
0: right? We're six months behind the rest of the world when it comes to rules changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets sent off. Brian Rowe, the, the backup keeper, tries to come on. By the way, uh, Oscar Pareja, the manager of Orlando City, had run into the locker room after the yeah, seemingly game winning save. We're, we're Be- all
2: over the place time timeline-wise with this. There's like seven different events happening. Um, so,
0: so Juan got himself red-carded. Yes. Should, uh, on, should have on been sent second off attempt, before this. On the yes. second attempt to get himself red-carded, it worked. So he's in the locker room apparently feeling sorry for himself, which he should be at that point. Um, and and so, so Pareja runs in there to
2: context, console him. Like, watching it live, there is no context for that. It's just like, Orlando celebrates, and they cut to the bench expecting to find uh Pareja and show him to be celebrating, and instead they do find him very quickly good you know good camera work but it's him running up the tunnel with no
0: context whatsoever <laughs> he just leaving it's just the greatest um, celebration and then yeah. and it turned out well, he wanted to console he wanted to tell his player you didn't cost us our season right um everything's he but okay yeah <laughs> yeah well they they got through they won the, Right, but of not all of this. Yet.
2: Cause, yeah yet. yeah cuz now they have another game where he's not available and um Gaese also is not going to be available. I know that Orlando wants to appeal, but like unfortunately the letter of the law on him getting the second yellow, like that one's ironclad. Like there's nothing that can be done about it. Right. The way the yeah. rule is written, there's, which is a terrible rule. Yeah, there's a but, reason they yeah, changed that rule,
0: but that yeah. that was that's the rule that's enforced. So he yeah. gets sent off and then but I think the, the assistant the coach before be no I'm wasting. Right. Which is ironic um so brian rowe tries to come in i think the assistant coach actually lined him up because pareja wasn't back in the technical area when this this part of the saga started brian rowe tries to come on um alan chapman former mls referee of the year presumably never again (laughs) yeah presumably Um, not going to happen again uh he he allows it to happen and uh after Brian Rowe is standing in the goal, he like checks his earpiece, says, Sorry, I've just been informed that I don't know the rules anymore. You have to leave. Yep. And because right, so... they did have a
2: sub. The thing is, they did have the extra time sub because not only do you have the COVID sub, you have extra MLS. Oh, these are some more rules that we might have forgotten about, but like in the playoffs, if you go to extra time, you get one more sub, and they did have that sub. But you can't what? bring – anyone that isn't on the field at the end of right. full time, of extra time, cannot participate in the shootout. You can't hey, – like, if you use all of your shooters, you just have to go back to the beginning.
1: Hey, Jason, you you know who should know that? A ref. I would hope that a
0: referee would know that. Um, One would assume when, once the final whistle blows, even if you're in the shootout, there's no okay. more subs. You can't sub after the final whistle. And, and like, yet, so –
1: that that's their job to know these these weird yes, MLS bullshit. it is,
0: and it absolutely is. And he didn't. He 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 literally dropped the ball. Um. So Brian Rowe goes back to the bench, which brings us to Rodrigo Schlegel. Yes, which is an amazing Argentine name. Uh. First off, he's someone I'd never heard of. He is a defender for played Orlando that much City. This year. Yeah, hasn't played a lot. Uh, and and. He put on the goal, uh, a blank goalie shirt that they had lying around, gets in goal, gets beat for two penalties, but it doesn't matter because he saved uh, the third one.
2: Uh, the first penalty, I think, is actually my favorite because it's the one where he looks most like a field player stuck in goal because yes. he just sort of like has his hands out and gets into the crouch. Like he's got like, a seen really group.
0: deep crouch.
2: <laughs> he's like, I've seen guys do this before. This is what they do. And Castellanos, after like. Waiting for ten minutes uh impressed i 'm impressed with Castellanos that he had a good penalty after all of that um, watching his penalty get saved and then having all that chaos happen and then having to come back and do it again um, but like Schlegel just sort of was like,
0: "Whoa, there goes the ball um, well my favorite was- is he tried to get he he stepped one way, he stepped to his left really hard, and then came back and shuffled to the right thinking i 'm going to trick him into changing his shot." Uh-huh. And he didn't, the guy went, went to the keepers left. And after that, he's like, I'm not going to try that again. I'm going to figure this out. And he dove on the second one, but got beat and then shuffled his feet and, and almost caught the ball. Um, yeah. But actually just I deflected think, yeah, it sideways off the with... post instead. Uh, um, and
2: actually almost like, cause it, he, he knocked it off the post. And if he had had like any goalkeeping training, he would have like guided it away from goal, but he's a field player who's been thrown in a penalty kick shootout in a playoff game. So he's not, he doesn't have any of that in his head. He's just like going to get in the way of this thing. Uh, And that's pretty much it. (laughs) That's job one. Everything
0: else is, is Um, great.
2: Like this game was so not the end for, for 70 minutes. Everything was like what you would want in a playoff game. It was like lots of chances, both teams playing wide open soccer, not a lot of chippiness, not a lot of fouling, just a lot of fun, a good game between two technical teams. It was nice. And there was a little incident where Nani stayed down a little too long after a foul and Castellanos ran over to yell at him. And that incident, everyone lost their mind. Like from that, if you rewatch this game, everything that happens after Castellanos comes to yell at Nani over something innocuous, like, within a minute of this, you have Antonio Carlos with like actual murder in his eyes, screaming at someone and like being restrained within a minute, like everyone was fine. And then one little thing happened and everyone was like, well, it's now it's crazy time. Um, Let's all all be lunatics as much as we possibly can. Um, Yeah. uh, Just an unhinged, uh, an unhinged game that like some of the stuff that people were mad at Alan Chapman about aren't, is not
0: really, it's not really his fault. Um, him blowing the final whistle blowing end of the game whistle when there was still a penalty kick yet to take that's on him you can't put that on anyone else that's
2: the one that people are kind of like they're kind of like not even talking about it to some extent some people are bringing it up but some people like some of the stuff i've read have just been like and then orlando started celebrating and like look this podcast would love it if we could blame orlando for doing something dumb but the referee told them that the game was over he gave like he had (laughs) You do have to blow for full. They time won five after, to five, <laughs> right? Like that's how shootouts work. The last thing you're supposed to do after the last penalty has been made or missed or whatever is you blow for full time. You signal to everyone that the game has ended, and he did that, and the I game think, wasn't over. And everyone Schlegel freaked out.
0: celebrating, and he was like, <sighs> "Oh, maybe that is the last one. All right, I want to go home." And Alan it was Chapman. I mean, I I kind of wish that um, I, I forget who the. Orlando player that came up after that was. uh, But I kind of wish he would have missed his penalty so that we could get one more shot of Schlegel and goal and just like maybe, you know, just to make Chapman stay there longer at that point because he so desperately wanted out.
1: Um, The bus should have just left him there.
2: I mean, I guess I'll say like we have to credit MLS for within 24 hours being like, okay, we're not going to have that crew officiate any more games because – we can't do I that do. To, to that or to ourselves uh, right now.
0: I, I am glad that we got, we got a, a, even if it's in Orlando, I'm glad that we got a folk hero out of this because Rodrigo Schlegel has now sold more goalkeeper jerseys with his name on them than regular jerseys with his name on them I do in I 24 want,
2: hours. I want to complain a little about this because Orlando, the photo, they, I don't know what they're selling. The photo they put up was the wrong goalkeeper Jersey. Yes. Yes, it um, is. And if it's me, if I'm buying a a field player goes in goal, like, you know, if, if O'Neill Fisher wins a playoff game going in goal next season, uh, I don't want like the orange one. If Bill Hamid didn't start the game and, and the, the team wasn't wearing the orange goalkeeping jersey, I want the one that looks like the one that he was wearing when he made the save. That's the one I want. Don't sell me the orange one if he's wearing the purple one. Um, why would you do that? I don't know. I don't understand they were like in such a rush, like just get a photo of the other one. Like that's easy
0: to find. you right.
2: But apparently I, I don't know. Nope.
0: I didn't like right. it. I mean, it's also an Adidas thing. Adidas only sells whatever they choose to sell. And sometimes they don't sell goalkeeper jerseys at all this year. Maybe they're only selling that one color and it's not the color they were wearing. I, I don't know. Adidas do- does things that doesn't make sense to me all the time and that that kind of chaos is much less fun than the chaos of this shootout and the rest of the playoffs for that matter adidas
1: make adam the president of adidas
0: yes and pay me as the president that would be very nice
1: i mean yeah that's part of it
0: yeah totally uh you guys are my assistants done uh there there were some other games that that happened only one of them i want to talk about and that's because i want to i don't know put myself on blast a little bit i guess um Sporting Kansas City beat the the San Jose Earthquakes also in a shootout, a much less eventful and shorter shootout because Tim Melia has precognitive abilities. Apparently, um, it is insane. He is too good at at penalty shootouts. It doesn't make sense. I think he might be force sensitive. I'm not sure. Um, he, I, you
1: already said it. He's a precog.
0: Yeah, I was I was watching this um, on my phone in the living room while the kids were watching a movie uh and while my wife was watching the movie with them and i I was just being distracted dad basically and and then uh sporting kansas city goes up in like the 82nd minute and they were kind of controlling play a little bit at that point i said all right i can stop being distracted dad i can join my kids and watch the movie and that was a mistake folks (laughs)
2: Your your timeline is stretched again because they they scored the they took the lead in stoppage
0: time. Oh, it was in stoppage time. Both of these goals were in stoppage time. Okay, that's why I felt confident. Like eighty second minute, I'm like I'm saying that, and I'm like, no, it was the ninety second minute. Yes, um, it was it was in stoppage time, uh, and I was like, all right, I don't have to watch this; it'll be fine. Um, and I was wrong because Chris Wondolowski made me wrong. He used uh, to use another Jedi. Uh, or another Star Wars reference, he used the Jedi mind trick that he's so known for and made the central defenders forget he existed as he just walked past them to head the ball in.
2: Well, he almost scored before that.
0: Um,
2: Like, he got a free header from close range, and uh, Amelia saved that one. And uh, at that point, it's like, well, okay, they were going to get there one more chance because this game has this crazy one more chance in it. Um, But it it is funny that the Quakes... Like as much as we just dunked on Chapman for bad officiating, Nima Sagafi did the right thing by giving not just time for the extremely lengthy Kansas City celebration, but then they made uh, a double sub, I want to say, in there. Um, And they took a while over it. Um, And so Sagafi was like, yeah, this means more time has to get added onto the end. And so often in MLS, and and really every league, Um, uh, fourth official or the the official gets into stoppage time, and if there's like a three minute stoppage, she's like, "Yeah, that's like uh thirty seconds, right, guys?" Um, right. and that's not how it's supposed to work. Um, and so credit to Sagafi for. I mean, Matt Doyle uh, went back and checked the video and tabulated how much time was on there. Right. And, yeah.
1: He like he like recorded it with a stopwatch, yeah.
2: basically. Um, and and Wando scored with the uh, effectively like six seconds left of the yeah. appropriate stoppage time. Um, yeah, that was. I mean. What a what more a perfect uh or like an example of the Quakes ethos under Matias Almeida than everything that happened in
0: that game. Well, and that also but, goes back to the old quakes too. The, the I know, see it's, it's like
1: it's Goonies Quakes too. It's just like smash and grab and I mean, it doesn't have uh, uh, Steven Lenhart, but well, they, well, that, that's that, a Wando's still there.
2: Right. They start. They are trying to play more soccer now than yeah. than was the Goonies, because the Goonies were interested in scoring goals, not necessarily playing soccer. Right. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, that,
1: Wando is still the, the he. Yeah. He just every day he extends his lead as the MLS all time leading goal scorer.
0: Right, and I mentioned uh, we we talked about Atlanta fans that we know trying to get. Matias Almeida over there uh, and Almeida is publicly basically saying I need investment in this club. Like I've, I I've done the best I can with no investment the last two years, he had one player, one addition into the starting lineup his first year and that's it. And hey, Adam. and Chris Wondolowski, hold on, hold on. Chris Wondolowski is basically saying the same things. So I'm just looking forward to the two of them moving to Atlanta as a pair
1: <laughs> or what if matias almeida comes to dc united and signs uh, 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 uh yeah
0: yeah you're you're yeah. watching me shake yeah. my head um, i know i i had to explain that because
1: it signs him signs leo messi as assistant coach instead of head coach uh
0: i, I leo messi is not going to man mark i'm sorry
1: He's just not. He doesn't need to. Nobody's going to ask Leo Messi to man Mark.
0: Except Matias, Matias Almeida, Almeida would ask Leo Messi to man Mark. <laughs> that is what he does, that yeah. is his system. Um, I don't want Matias Almeida on my team because I already suffer from heartburn and cannot. No, I cannot. I, I can't. I, my, my health, physically and mentally, will be even more shot than they already what? are.
1: They they win at the end. It just takes like four four seconds away from the end of the game
0: for them to and, win, and four years off my life. And I yeah, I don't want that. I can't can't do that. Right.
2: I, I, what's wild about it, like, and I tweeted about this uh, yesterday. I think is just Almeida is. It's almost like someone coming from Mars to coach soccer. Because American soccer, we've always had all of our thinking is about like, especially in the men's game, it starts with the national team. And we think about the national team for most of its history has been about like risk avoidance, being solid, being organized uh, and trying to scrape a goal, even against like not just Mexico, but like on the road against Costa Rica. It's the same thing. Um, So, so many of our important national soccer games in men's soccer have been fundamentally about let's keep this thing low scoring and low on chances maybe we'll get a one nothing that's great uh, Matias Almeida comes in and he's like, guys, guess what? You can also play soccer in a mentality where it's like, fine. We give up three goals. I don't, I really don't care. We're going to score um, four. <laughs> we just we fundamentally don't care if we concede goals. Um, it just not going to bother us. It's not going to mess is with our And the team is bought head. into it too. That's right. what's amazing. Convince them that it's fine. Um, it's like, it's like finding somebody who's convinced people that instead of using doors, you can just crash through the wall and it's fine. Um, and it's working It right, and they're the going through their lives like they're conducting their life as normal just crashing through walls all day long um and that's what the quakes are like. i do
0: love the way i do love the way the quakes build like their attack is fun but to yeah, watch. yeah
2: they're not a, they're not a bunch of like uh maniacs that are just crashing into people it's not all about tackling like the the when they have the ball it's like an extreme possession setup. Like they have, they're always dragging a a player down by the center backs and pushing their fullbacks up. So they get that, that man advantage. Um, They're always trying to stretch teams out. They're trying to find space for Christian Espinosa. They are, and they're trying nice to possess
0: walk. the ball in the attacking half, too. They're not they're they not want, passing it a, between the center backs. They don't want the center backs to pass the ball to each other at all. They want right. to get forward and possess up up there. And that's fun. That's way more fun than, than yeah. just about they're anything just, else.
2: They're just genuinely interested in the game being four three. Yeah. Um they're, <laughs> they're like, Yeah, yeah, 4-3 seems like a normal score. And for us, it's like, you remember that one four three game from a couple of years ago? And they're like, <laughs> You mean Tuesday? Um and that's the difference between them and everyone else, is just like they're just coming from a different world. And and the fact that like in MLS history, how many different world teams are there? It just doesn't happen very much. Um, even the best teams have not quite been like, screw it. Let's, let's go out there and see if we can score let's seven heroes. goals. <laughs> let's, the,
0: be let's be gods.
2: Seven goals, And if we give up, you know, eight, then, ah, uh, you know, we give it our best shot. And that was, that was their reaction at the, when the penalties uh, went down, when they had all three penalties saved, they were like, Ah well, we gave it our best shot and that guy saw colour penalty. So, you know, good game Kansas City. We'll see you later. And there was no like anger. There wasn't people like chewing anyway. It was just like, well, we we tried. Uh we gave it right. a real a real go.
0: Maybe we're is, talking is, our is maybe something... I'm talking myself into liking the idea of Mountain
2: <laughs> This is how it's almeida it to, to, uh <laughs> Rob and everyone at, at Dirty South Soccer. Is there like, wouldn't it be crazy if Almeida came here and then two weeks later like Almeida has to come here and we're going to make it happen.
0: <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this, this episode of filibuster. Find us at blackandredunited.com. Uh support us financially at patreon.com slash filibuster. Find us on Twitter at filibuster DCU for the podcast at black and red you for the website, send your emails to filibuster podcast at gmail.com Download, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly though, tell a friend about the show. Um, spout, a, spout off about us on on Twitter if you want, but mostly just tell a friend. That's about the, the nicest thing you can do for us. For Jason and Ben, I'm Adam and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say happy Thanksgiving, Jason. Iron Chef Japan, Japan only.